The issue of climate change can seem so overwhelming. And for many people, how much of an impact can you actually have? I mean, is there something that is easy and simple that you can implement quickly, but can still have that long lasting impact? How about planting a tree? Trees live for decades and have all sorts of positive impacts, not only on the climate, but also on the local ecosystem as well. And you can plant a tree in just a single morning in your yard, or you can join forces with other volunteers in the area and plant several trees. And if you are local to Fresno County, California, make sure that you check out Tree Fresno. They are a nonprofit organization in Fresno, California. And I was lucky enough to sit down with their CEO, Mona. And we talk about the importance of planting trees, the benefits of it, and the amazing work and impact that Tree Fresno has been able to have on the Fresno County and surrounding areas. So listen to this entire interview and feel inspired to go and plant a tree. You're here for another dose of climate positivity on the Green Business Impact Podcast. Here we highlight the amazing work of green businesses from around the world that are fighting against climate change. If you are ready to be inspired to take action, ready to hear some amazing examples of how we are working to fight the climate crisis, then stay tuned because this week's episode will be the perfect hit of climate positivity. Mona, do you mind telling us a little bit about your organization, Tree Fresno? I'd love to tell you about Tree Fresno. So I am the CEO of Tree Fresno, which is a small nonprofit based in Central California. It is actually based in Fresno, but serving Fresno, Madera, Kings, and Tulare County. It was established in 1985 by a group of concerned citizens that believed that the tree could be a pretty good solution to many of life's societal problems, including water quality, air quality, high temperatures, heat, which we have to endure here in the Central Valley of California, and obviously beautification and bringing a peaceful environment to neighborhoods. Definitely. How do you guys feel that the trees bring about the cooling of the city streets and all this? How does that have that effect? It is amazing. Actually, trees bring so much life and coolness to our environment, especially here, as I mentioned before, we live in this somewhat a very dry and almost kind of desert-like climate. Our reliance on water from other areas is, is extremely important. Conservation measures are important. And cooling the environment is critical for human health and comfort. So trees, they have this wonderful ability with their green leaves to be able to go through this process called evapotranspiration which creates a coolness when you have many trees that are planted together. So Tree Fresno specializes in planting large canopy trees for the purpose of lowering greenhouse gases, creating shade, cooling temperatures, and actually cleaning air. So we have uh, highly polluted air here in the valley for a variety of reasons, including the geographical, just the way that the valley is, referring to it as a valley can give you a key to that. So we have a lot of agriculture that happens here. We have a lot of drive-through traffic, big trucks, et cetera. And we have a lot of people who live here. It's actually quite critical to utilize trees as part of the infrastructure within our landscape 
to be able to not only bring these cooling temperatures, but those beautiful trees out there actually working every day. Their leaves are actually absorbing these pollutants in the air and people can breathe a little bit freer by having more trees. Definitely. And so I've been to LA before where you see the pollution just sitting over the city. Is it like that? Unfortunately, yes. And like I mentioned before, because we live in a valley and because we have high temperatures, it tends to like trap the pollutants in the valley. So it's really quite critical that we employ all measures to be able to reduce air pollution as much as possible, including the planting of trees. So sometimes, yes, we see the brown sort of dinginess like hanging in the air. And it's something that is good to see visually. It's just disconcerting, but it's also to understand that people are breathing that into their bodies, into their lungs, and the degree of asthma and associated diseases that are related to poor air quality are tremendously high here. So it's really important for us, again, to take all measures that we can to improve air quality. Definitely. And do you guys have issues with, because you live in a more desert-like environment, do you have issues with growing trees or what type of trees do you try to grow in the area so that they do well and that kind of stuff? Sure. And that's a great question. It's a very important question when you're talking about tree planting. Tree Fresno focuses on the planting of 15-gallon, highly drought-tolerant tree species. So we plant in parks and city streets, even on educational institutions like schools, and then also even private businesses, depending on where they're located. So we focus on trees that are hardy. They actually have a history of being able to survive in harsh environments, including in the urban landscape. I can tell you that a question that we often will receive is, are you planting native species we do have some native species to this region, but interestingly enough, because we are in a very dry landscape, most of the trees that are native to this region grew along the river. So you have various kinds of oaks and sycamores that require a little bit more water. So we focus on trees that have been vetted, tried and true through the CAL FIRE Urban and Community Forestry Program to be able to survive in these kinds of environments. And those include like a variety of evergreens and then also deciduous trees. Gotcha. And where do they come from? in other areas of the U.S. or around the world? Actually around the world. We actually have, I think it's the Mondel pine that's actually native to the mountains of Afghanistan, which apparently oh. are a very dry, rugged landscape. And those seem to be one of the best trees to plant along Highway 99, which is a very trafficked roadway with a lot of diesel truck traffic. And apparently they survive extremely well. They're evergreen, so they're consistently working throughout the year throughout the seasons because they're consistently have foliage. That's an example, but we do have, again, we will plant sycamores and valley oaks where it's suitable. Camphor tree, Chinese pistache tree, deodore cedars are really good as well along the busy roadways. So there's been a lot of studies in the state of California, Cal Fire, so the California Department of Forestry has been planting trees through the Urban and Community Forestry Program for at least 14 or 15 years. And so they've learned a lot in this process. And most of our funding at Tree Fresno, a good chunk of funding comes through CAL FIRE's programs with the intention 
of planting more trees, especially in neighborhoods that are most impacted by pollution. So they recommend the tree species that will survive in these areas that require lesser amounts of water, and all the trees are required to have designated irrigation. So Tree Fresno does not plant trees with these grants unless it has irrigation connected to it. And do you guys service the trees throughout the life of the trees after you plant them or how does that work? That's a good question too, because often people will think about planting trees, but they don't think about the long-term prospects for these trees. Our intention is that the trees will survive, they will thrive 80 to 100 years or more. So we start out with designated irrigation and we're working with our partners. So it could be a school district, could be a health institution, could be Fresno State, could be one of our partners. They have to agree for long-term maintenance and care for these trees. We will, for the duration of the grant, as long as we have funding, go out and quarterly check on the trees. I have a tree technician who specializes in this. So he will every three months go out and check on the trees under our grants to make sure the irrigation is working and that the trees are thriving if a tree needs to be replaced because sometimes they will die. It's just a matter of natural selection, essentially. So sometimes we'll have to replace a tree But we inform our partners of what's going on so that they eventually take over that responsibility of the trees on their property. Very cool. Do you have any land of tree fresno alone? Is it just for you guys or are you just working with like partners at parks and communities, centers, and and schools and stuff? Or do you guys have like a a place of your guys' own? So we actually, so our little office, we have a construction management trailer on the campus of Fresno State. So Fresno State actually hosts Tree Fresno, even though we're not part of Cal State University Fresno, they offer us the ability to exist there. So we're a team of three individuals who work for Tree Fresno, and we have a water-wise garden or drought-tolerant garden landscape that people can come and look at if they're wanting to transition their front or backyards into a water-wise garden. So we have a lot of species there represented. It's a nice little demonstration garden. So that's home for Tree Fresno. But otherwise, we are working outside of our office out there with the partners actually putting trees into the urban landscape. So Beyond that, that is the full extent of Tree Fresno's property. Awesome. And you said water-wise for this garden. What does that mean and what does that look like? Along with a conversation we were having about Tree Fresno's number one purpose, which is to actually transform the valley with water-wise trees and increased green space, we need to understand that our general public, our community is going through a transition, exchanging, let's say, water guzzling turf like grass. We've been accustomed to that for several decades now, but now we understand that there is not enough water to provide to that. So we have to look at opportunities for water-wise landscaping or xeriscaping. Sometimes people will use rocks, but there are all kinds of beautiful plants that are considered highly drought tolerant. Many of these species will grow in other areas of the country, like in Arizona or even in places in Southern California. 
So we have an opportunity to be able to share with our community ideas so that they can also play a part in water conservation in the Valley. Very cool. Yeah. So I lived in Lubbock, Texas, and so we were very much a desert landscape there. And so when I was living there for a while, I was going to Texas Tech. I always saw like these people, they were trying to grow this grass and it doesn't rain enough there to really try to grow grass. Yeah. But there was this one family that lived close to of the apartment complex that we lived in and they had this beautiful landscape of their property but they just had rocks and stones but they made it in such a pattern that it like went around a little garden area that they had more like cacti and things like that more like plants and stuff so it was a very unique aspect of the landscape where they weren't trying to just grow grass which takes all this water and stuff but they still had a very beautiful yard just a little unconventional which i thought was really cool and many people are going what you're calling unconventional is they're taking a lot of pride in that being able to like transition to something that is not wasting our most precious resource with our water and here in the valley, we grow a lot of food. And I know that many people that I talk to would much rather that farmers be using that water as opposed to us watering our front lawns. People are ready for it now, I think for the most part. There was some resistance, say maybe 10, 15 years ago, but now with some incentives around and ideas and the neighbors doing it, then a lot of people are going to that transition. And it doesn't just have to be rocks. You can also put in those drought tolerant plants. Yeah, definitely. What have you seen over the progression of the tree fresno from the time that you guys started it to now? Like what has been the acceptance in the community and the excitement around this, around planting trees and everything? What have you seen? Any changes, any realizations that you've seen in the years that you guys have been around? I think there's a heck of a lot more enthusiasm for planting trees these days. Not only is there funding available, like I mentioned, through Cal Fire in the state of California with the goals that California has on reducing impacts of climate change, especially on communities that are most vulnerable. So there's funding behind that, which is also helpful. But I think the general public has a better concept about the value of trees and understanding that trees are not just pretty, even though that's quite important, but they're actually functioning in a way that creates for a healthier and safer environment. So we often will receive calls from individuals in our community who want to figure out how to get more trees planted, whether it's at a park or at a school. We work with community organizations. There are a lot of nonprofit organizations out there doing fantastic work, working with community members and from everybody from small children to seniors in our community will, at some point in time, they'll say, we'd love to be able to plant a tree. And so the great thing about Tree Fresno is that we have the opportunity to extend planting opportunities, volunteer planting opportunities to people in our community to help us get that job done. So we orchestrate it, we work with the program partners. So say it's at a school, and then we figure out a Saturday morning where everybody can come out and my tree technician and volunteers who are skilled at tree planting can shepherd our volunteers, our community members in the process of planting trees. So That's awesome. it's really, 
I find it often to be one of the most satisfying volunteer opportunities for people who really want to make a difference in their community. Like you're absolutely aware of, there are a lot of measures that through regulation that are being placed on business owners and individuals within our community to change technology and trucks and cars and how do we do all of this to actually make our environment cleaner and safer and more climate resilient. But tree planting allows everybody to come out and be able to participate in that process. So you can't necessarily do that when you're like changing out big pieces of metal on a truck, but you can actually come out and plant a tree with us and enjoy other community members and feel like that you've actually made the world a better place. Yeah, that was one thing I was talking on LinkedIn to somebody about, I had interviewed an EV company, so they were building micro transit vehicles. So a little bit like school buses and stuff like that. And it's all about what can you do personally, because a lot of things out there with climate change, it's, oh, it's these big, huge problems and we have to change policy, but it's the government and that takes many years, but what can you personally do? You can personally go out and plant a tree. <laughs> you can personally go out and buy an EV or you can choose these things. What can you personally do? Because some things are just like so ambiguous and out there, it's really difficult for people. I wanted to ask about the community involvement there. Do you have a consistent number of volunteers that come out each time to events? Do you have consistent events during the year? What does that look like for you guys? Sure. We regularly plant typically, and because it's getting hotter later into the fall. So obviously we don't plant in the summer. It is just too hot. It's too hard on trees to be able to survive that. So we stop planting at about June 1st and we start again planting about mid-October is the earliest. Mid-October through May, we are planting and the fall is the best for planting. That's when we can have our volunteers come out and plant with us on our various projects. My job as CEO is actually to negotiate our tree projects. So whether we're working with the city of Fresno, city of Madera, city of Fowler, or we're working with the school district, individual school or business owner, trying to build a vegetative barrier next to a busy roadway, all of that. So in the summertime, I'm busy trying to figure out what we're going to be doing in the fall and the spring. And then we have people go to our website at treefresno.org and sign up for our newsletter, which is our mailing list. And we just put the call out. We have almost 5,000 people on that mailing list and we let them know, okay, there is a volunteer tree planting in this area. We're gonna be planting 50 trees or 200 trees. Sign up here and we'll plant trees together. So it's an opportunity they can go to our website they can go to our Facebook page and sign up for the mailing list. And that's the easiest way to get involved with Tree Fresno. That's great. And are you guys coming out and planting trees every weekend during the fall and spring? Or is it during the week too? Or how often? It is mostly, we do orchestrate the volunteer plantings for the most part on the weekends, especially on a Saturday, because that's when most people would like to participate and 
as you can imagine, with a school that they can orchestrate the planting around that Saturday morning so you can have your families come, staff members, so that people don't have the burden of the actual day-to-day work to also deal with. But we do have selected plantings that just happen to fall on a weekday, for sure. So it's Right now, I can't tell you like which days those are because we're putting together our calendar. That's why the contact list on our website at treefresno.org is so important. Is when people want to get involved, they get the notice in their email box and then they can just sign up. Definitely. So what are your goals for Tree Fresno in 2022? Our goals are always to plant as many urban trees as possible. We plant on average a couple of thousand each year. I may have mentioned since 1985, we've planted over 51,000 trees. Getting trees in the ground is our number one goal, but also our interface with our community. We do plant, we prioritize our plantings in what's termed disadvantaged communities per Cal and virus screen. So it's actually a tool that's used by the state of California, many different agencies and through grants to identify communities most impacted by sort of social and economic challenges, including environmental pollution. We've actually begun some education programs and one particular one that I am proud of is called the Green Team Youth Ambassador Program, which is a partnership with the Fresno Black Chamber of Commerce. And what we have there is the opportunity to recruit individuals from an area of Fresno that's considered basically highly polluted and engage those individuals in the work of acknowledging awareness about the value of urban trees and all of the jobs that are associated with the caring for trees. So obviously working with utility companies in respect to like utility arborist or vegetation management, and then also the city of Fresno obviously is taking care of their street trees and park trees at any given time. We have just opportunities to be able to explore those professions with them and let them in on all of the amazing things that are related to trees. And it builds home, homegrown advocacy for trees as well so that budgets can be increased for the care of trees, et cetera. We'll just finish up here and get last couple of questions. Yeah. What are you currently learning right now? I love that question. What am I currently learning? And I was thinking about that. Boy, it's interesting. The world that we live in today and the times that we've gone through, right? Tree Fresno was able, we're very lucky because we work outside for the most part. So during COVID and the times where people were isolating and having to quarantine and spend lots of time at home or out of the office, we were still able to work with partners on planting trees outside in those landscapes. But what I realize is that people, they miss each other. There are a lot of people that I think most of us were highly affected by that period of time, the level of stress, et cetera. And what that means, actually, when you ask me, like, what I'm learning, it's actually to be patient, to understand that we are living in times that are very unpredictable. And the individuals that we interact with during the day, whether it's the two of us, or if I'm working with somebody with the city, or in parks, or on a commission that I serve on, is to be patient, and to listen, and to try to provide the information needed that allows us, especially as my organization, to move forward without being judgmental or pushing 
something on other individuals. I think being patient with each other is quite a critical piece of being successful in the workplace today, no matter if you're planting trees or if you're selling cable. I think being <laughs> nice to other people and trying to just to take a little bit more patience and understand that we don't all think the same and that people can be struggling at home. The price of gas, the price of fuel, every time you turn around, there's an extra expense and our kids have suffered from not being in school, et cetera. Being kind and being patient will allow us to get a lot further in this world with each other. I completely agree. And I think being virtual for a time, it allowed a lot of people to realize what is actually going on outside of people's work life. Like you went to work and then you left and what's out of sight, what's out of mind. But when we blended those two, it really became this realization of, oh, wow, you can't really separate work and home as easily as we all try to, or especially when we're working from home, it all just blends together. So it's definitely that having patience and understanding that everyone has situations and things going on. You can't just be 100% in everything all the time. It's, you, you've got to have understanding and care for others. And I think COVID definitely helped us realize that a lot more than any other situation has in the past. So I think there are definitely some positive things that came out of the COVID thing. I think just appreciation, number one, for life. Appreciation for our families and friends and the people who are kind and who are trying to make the world a better place. So sometimes we may disagree with the way that somebody is doing their job. They may be telling me, no, we can't plant trees here. Then I may try to, okay, if we can't plant trees there, where can we plant? Where would you like to plant? Or maybe not this year, maybe next year. Try to really just be as amenable as possible to creating a strategy which works. And that seems to be most effective. Definitely. I love that. So who would be the best type of partner for you guys going forward? Or who do you like working with the most for Tree Fresno? That's a good question too. So we work with all kinds of entities. We obviously have a lot of agricultural companies here in the Valley and several have reached out to Tree Fresno to help support our work. What I'm finding is that they're like multi-generational companies that where now you have younger leadership at the reins and they're prioritizing climate goals and tree hugging or for lack of better words, they want to include their employees and volunteer activities. So Tree Fresno is open to working with all kinds of companies and individuals in our community. It really is just focused on one thing, and that's do you support more trees in the community? And how would you like to do that? Would you like to donate to help support Tree Fresno? Or would you like to come out and plant and volunteer with us? Would you like to come out and be a speaker for our green team educational program? Come out and let's do this together. We are always actively seeking more partners. We partner with cities and and counties and schools, and they're just as important as any funder that we have, honestly. And CAL FIRE, we could not do it with CAL FIRE support through their urban and community forestry program. The Air Resources Board is incredibly supportive. 
there is a need. We do need to start diversifying our funding into the future. Like many small nonprofits, you can't become completely dependent on grants. You need to actually be able to create more stability within your organization. So as CEO, I try to partner with businesses in my community, again, that believe in what we do and see us as being an amenity that actually improves the quality of our community. So I'm looking for more of those partners and slowly that's building because the interest in planting trees throughout the central California is growing for sure. That's great. And how can they get in touch with you or how can somebody, I know we mentioned before, but how can somebody, if they want to volunteer, if they're over in the central Valley with you guys, how can they reach out? I tell you, we're small enough organization. You can either go to treefresno.org, like the website, go to our Facebook page, which there's all kinds of cool pictures on there about our current activities, or you can email Mona at treefresno.org. So Mona, like Mona Lisa, it's that simple. (laughs) There you go. Thank you so much. It was really great having you on the call. It's been really awesome learning about Tree Fresno. So thank you so much, Mona. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Billy. Thank you for the invitation. I really admire what you're doing and I want to keep up with it. And if you enjoyed this interview with Mona and Tree Fresno, I invite you to check out this interview with Aswin. He is a volunteer with the Isha Foundation and the Save Soil Movement. And we talk all about the importance of soil and how this could be one of the answers that we need in order to reverse the impacts of climate change. Because whenever you talk about trees, whenever you talk about the soil, you re- they're so intertwined with one another that you really need to mention both. So make sure that you check out this interview with Aslan, who is leading a movement to save the world by saving soil. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Green Business Impact Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing your weekly dose of climate positivity. In a world that constantly inundates you with the negative things happening, it can be great to take a break and hear some great things happening in the world. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the latest and best interviews of the top minds in the green industries. And if you are interested in taking your green business to the next level, consider checking out our Business Creativity Mastermind linked in the show notes below to harness the power of creativity and innovation to 10x your business. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you back here next time for another hit of Climate Positivity.